What up, Post 70 Million family? I'm bringing you guys back with the Power Player. Okay, for those of you who don't know him, you're about to get to know this guy, man. Uh, we're in a mastermind together called Collective Genius. I'm telling you, this guy is a hustler. He started, he got into real estate back in 2015, become a multi-millionaire. He does wholesale, fix and flip. He's also an agent, dude. He does a lot. He also teaches and everything. But I'm going to have him jump on and share with you guys his story. We're going to talk about the whole uh, COVID-19 corona, what's going around with the market, how it's going to affect the real estate market, what you guys need to do to stay on top of your game so you can still make that money. Anyways, you guys, <laughs> put your hands and thumbs together. Help me bring on Ryan from Las Vegas. What's up? What's up? Happy to be here, dude. Yeah, man, dude. Um, thank you so much, man, for taking time to jump on. I know you're extremely busy. You are a husband, a father, a serial entrepreneur, a gold right. getter, a true hustler. So, um, Ryan, if, if you don't mind, man, sharing with the audience uh, kind of a little bit of your background and your story a little bit, man. Connect us, dude. Yeah, man. So born and raised here in Vegas, um, grew up playing baseball. I didn't really uh, do anything else. I was just trying to play baseball and get to the big leagues. And I got pretty far, um, you know, ended up being really good in high school, got a scholarship, was good in college, got drafted by the Oakland A's. And that was back in 2010. So, you know, I was pretty much living out my dream um, as I saw fit, you know up until my 20s. And eventually, um, you know, in the minor leagues, you don't get paid very much money. So I had to get a job in the off season. And that job was being a realtor. So I got licensed in 2010, um, as a 20 year old. And, you know, didn't really take it too seriously. You know, I sold a couple houses, but baseball was the focus. And, you know, after a couple of years playing minor league baseball, um, and a couple of years of being a realtor, I realized a few things. Number one, I hated being a realtor. And number two, um, I probably wasn't getting the big leagues. You know, I had, I had played a bunch of seasons. And, you know, as you get older in sports, you know, you, your, your career has a timeline. You know, you only have so many years to play. And so I realized if I wasn't at the big leagues, you know, by a certain age, it was going to be very difficult. So um, fast forward a couple of years, I end up quitting uh, real estate, being a realtor, because I hated it. Um, I didn't know about investing or anything. So I was just doing side hustles uh, to support the family. You know, I had um, a young wife. She had just turned 21 when we got married. I was 24. Um, so to support the family, since I sucked as being an agent, I was just selling couches and appliances and cell phones and anything you could sell on Craigslist. So that was how I got my start flipping was just random crap that I could buy. And um you know, I was still playing baseball at the time, you know, trying to get the dream, but I knew that it kind of wasn't going to happen. So, you know, I, I don't want to go super in depth on the story, but um, I had a calling from God on our first anniversary together. We were on a road trip or not a road trip, but we were on vacation in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, I just kind of prayed and I was like, what do you want me to do? Like, if it's not baseball and it's not real estate and I don't want to you know, flip couches my whole life. Like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And he revealed it to me. Um, we ended up immediately seeing this commercial for like flipping houses. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think I could flip houses. Like I, you know, I'm good at flipping other stuff. Why couldn't I flip a house? Like I know exactly what it's worth. I know if I'm getting a good deal. And, um, the problem was I didn't have any money. And so 
I didn't know what wholesaling was. I just figured I had to figure out where do I get, you know, $200,000 to go buy a house. And from that, I did research and I learned about hard money lenders. And that was the big light bulb for me. I was like, oh man, like these guys will lend, you know, if I, if I find a good deal. And so I did. I came back from that road trip or that vacation. And within three weeks, I found our first deal. And, um, you know, that was the start of it. I ended up maxing out my credit cards, um, you know, to use it as a down payment. And I bought our first flip um, in the very beginning of 2015. Luckily, um, I got a good deal and we made $25,000 on the flip. And uh, I just kept it going. I kept maxing out my credit cards, kept using hard money. And, you know, the rest is history. Now we're, we're you know, six years into being an investor and things are much different. Well, dude, Ryan, first of all, man, I want to say congrats. For those of you, this is also my first time hearing Ryan's stories like like this. So that's pretty cool, man. That's dude, that's that's an awesome story, man. Very inspiring. So, Ryan, let me ask you, bro. So you're, you, let, let's talk about your first deal. How do you got it? Yeah, the MLS. I, um, you know, that first one, I didn't really know what the wholesalers were at the time. You know, I had read about it and I, I couldn't even comprehend it. Cause like I read the book, I'm like wholesale, like are they talking about Costco. Like what are they talking about? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you don't need to buy the property. You just find a deal. And I'm like, I don't get it. How does that work? And so I still just didn't even get it. And I was like, I'll just find a good deal off the MLS. So I did, you know, I found a deal on the MLS for $99,000. Um, and it didn't need any work. It was just severely underpriced. And so I bought it, um, got a commission on it too. So I got it for like 96,000 all in, put a couple thousand bucks into it. A week later, you know, we put it on the market and I got a full price offer first day for 135. And, um, you know, sold that thing pretty quick. Um, they got a loan and dude, I mean, the rest was history. I also bought another one during that time too, that, um, had a tenant in it. So even though I ended up I actually bought the other one first. Um, so I guess the other one would have technically been my first flip, but you know, my second one sold way before it, you know, the one I just talked about because it didn't need work. It didn't have a tenant. It was vacant. Um, and it sold super quick, but the one with the tenant, I made a ton of mistakes on, you know, I evicted them. I then did like a very poor rehab on it. Didn't know what I was doing and it took probably like six months to sell it, but, um, we still made 15 grand on that. So it was all good. Good, man. Okay. <clears throat> you guys, for those of you who don't know, like back in 2000, I think like 12, 13, 14, when it gets to like 15, it's a little bit harder to get uh, deals off the MLS. I mean, listen, man, there's, there's always going to be deals everywhere. Like if you, if you hustle hard enough, I'm just saying, you know, back in like 12 and 13, like you can actually get deals from the MLS. So now here's my question. Now here's my question to you, Ryan. This one that came from the MLS, man, how long was it on the market for? Um, I remember it being on the market for a couple of days, you know, it wasn't, uh, like on it for like, you know, nothing like people, it was there for anyone to buy, but nobody, it was listed at 115. And, um, I came in and just offered them 95 and I got it for 99. They counter offered me cause they just really wanted a cash offer. Um, you know, and I've bought, let's see, I've probably bought 300 50 to 400 homes at this time 
And I would say, I just had to guess, 150 of them off the MLS. So there are a ton, and I still buy off the MLS. There are, you know, they're just there. They're free. Um, you just have to, you know, make offers. That's what it comes down to, making a lot of offers. Got it. So you guys, those of you who's watching in, I'm gonna have, like, I like, I'm gonna dive this into this a little bit more because right now I think with the whole uh, COVID-19, with buyers are, you know, are backing out on on stuff. I also see there's opportunities that's on the MLS because sellers are getting, you know, motivated. So, Brian, let's talk about this, man. So it was only on it was on MLS for a couple of days. See, a lot of time I think most people are afraid are afraid or they're or they're assuming or overthinking and not putting in the offer because they feel like hey it's asking 115 at 115 it doesn't make any sense it's new on the market they're not going to accept my offer at 90 95 whatever the case may be here ryan at, right. at, here ryan at his 20 some go ahead and shoot in the offer and hey it, he happens to land a seller that was motivated uh, to sell the property right 100 percent Yep. I mean, you got to just make offers and we've made them where we thought there was no way they would take it. You know, they're listed at 200 and they go and take 140. Like it happens. It really does. And it happens if they're on the market first day. And it also happens if they've been on the market, you know, six months, like I see motivation both ways. There's a lot of sellers who immediately, if they get an offer within an hour, they don't even realize that, yeah, other offers are coming that will be higher. They'll just take that first offer. And then I get sellers who, you know, they've been on the market for four months, five months, and they're at this point, even though they're still listed at 200, they will take a very low offer because they just don't care anymore. They're, they're over it. Got it, man, dude. So see, uh, a lot of times I think with some of my, with some of my other interview, um, people don't talk about getting deals on the MLS like this. So I, I'm so glad that Ryan, uh, Ryan bring this up, man. Cause I think, see, the thing is like, to me too, like what Ryan just mentioned when it's new on the market, like when it's new on the market, I typically go for something that's older. So this, so this opens up, you know, opportunities for those of you who's watching this, man, it doesn't need to be old. Just like what Ryan is saying. It's a lot of time is that I think, for most wholesaler or investor, they are afraid to make the low ball offer. They're afraid to make the low offer and having the agents come back and, 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 and basically saying, oh, are, are you kidding me? F off, you know? So don't, don't, don't assume, just like what Ryan said, don't assume, just makes offer. I mean, that's the whole thing in real estate, especially if you're finding deals on the MLS, man, you just gotta make a lot of offer. So Ryan, do you, right. I know, so at this time, man, do you have your, um, do you have your uh, realtor license? No, so I actually gave up my license um, a little over a year ago, but I do own a real estate brokerage. So I was licensed for nine years, I think, right around there. And, um, you know, I just, obviously I wasn't showing clients houses and doing listings. Like I was outsourcing everything. If I got a lead that, you know, somebody wanted to buy a home, I would just refer it to one of my agents. And all of our flips, I don't list them. You know, my broker lists them. And so um, I just didn't have a need for it. And, you know, anything I do want to do, I, I have a, a team of realtors who can do it. So I don't personally need it. Got it. So now, Ryan, for, for, let's just say for, for, for the people that are listening and they want to start putting offer on the, on the MLS. And I get this question a lot, bro. It's like, hey, but most realtors want proof of funds. 
right. that. And that's tough. And, and that was something I had to deal with too for the first like two, three years. I mean, I did not have money in the bank to show. I mean, even when I was still making, you know, I had made a few hundred thousand, but you know, when you're flipping, you reinvest that into the next deal. You keep rolling it over. And so my bank account was always low. And um, so I could never show proof of funds. And the way I beat it was I just got a hard money loan and I'd have them write basically a pre-qualification letter saying that, hey, you know, Ryan is qualified to buy this property and we can close in less than 14 days. You know, this, 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 this is as good as cash. And, you know, that worked. Um, that worked then. And, you know, now thankfully we, we do have proof of funds, but I would just say that, you know, get a, get a letter from your hard money lender. Got it done. Good tip, bro. All right. So Ryan, um, tell, okay, man, I, I kind of want to know where you're at right now with kind of your business. Like I know you're doing a lot of stuff, bro. Uh, so let's talk about it. Right. So as far as, um, investing goes, <clears throat> we do all three. We do wholesaling, we do fix and flip, we do buy and hold. Um, you know, on the, the wholesaling fix and flip side, we do about 10 deals a month. Um, the majority of that we do by ourselves. Um, we will wholesale a couple of them. Um, on the buy and hold side, I, I had about 30 rentals and I'm now starting to liquidate some of them with what's going on with Corona and everything. Um, I think there's a lot of different opportunities. So I want to be more liquid and kind of build my portfolio the way I want to build it. Um, these next couple of years. Cause I do got, I got, uh, I got a 10 unit apartment that's like in the hood and kind of a headache. So it's not a bad time to unload that and be done with it. Um, so I've got the rentals, I've got Airbnbs. Um, we've got about seven or eight of those in big bear, California. And those are great. They're not great right now because no one can travel, but yeah. they were great and they, you know, they'll be good long-term. Um, so yeah, we we do all that. You know, I think right now we have around 40 active flips uh, going on and we've been anywhere up to like 70 at a time. Um, and so that's, that's anywhere in the process, whether it's being renovated, whether it's on the market, whether it's in escrow to sell. So um, we've, we've learned to manage how to do a big flip operation. Um, that's kind of what I teach people. Um, in my other business, Future Flipper, which is a coaching program for people who want to flip or wholesale, you know, because most people don't teach how to flip, you know, most are teaching wholesale or Airbnb or whatever. And we do those things too, but very few people have gotten to the level of being able to flip 70 homes at a time. So, um, yeah, that's kind of why we, uh, that's why our coaching program is a little different. Um, so that's a whole nother business in itself. Um, as I mentioned, we've got a real estate brokerage here in Vegas. And that is very good. We've had that for a couple of years and we've got about 50 agents there and a lot of them are very investment minded. We got a lot of wholesalers who are agents. We got a lot of flippers who are agents. So um, it's great. We're moving into a new office next month. So we're excited about that. Um, and then my last business is my um, CPA company, True Books, which is the hat I'm wearing. And we just started that this year. Me and my accountant, we decided that all these things we were doing for our own taxes, um, other real estate investors and realtors could benefit from them because we've done a lot of different tax strategy to avoid, you know, paying as much as we, we, we can in taxes and, you know, bookkeeping and people, I mean, real estate investors, books and taxes are always a mess. And so 
I get investors who ask me all the time during tax time, hey, who's your accountant? Who should we use? I'm like, you know what? I might as well just start my own company. So that's what we did. Dude, Ryan, man, bro. My God, bro. Dude, you, dude, man, you got a lot of stuff going on, bro. And, and uh, you're what? Like, uh, you, you just told me you're going to turn 31 on, um, on Friday? Yeah, yeah. Well, I forgot to mention, too, I'm a pro TikToker. Um, <laughs> That's right, dude. But... Man, bro, dude, I, I'm feeling like, uh, I'm, feeling like uh, I'm behind because I'm like, what, four or uh, five years? I'm like five years uh, ahead of you, bro. But, I, but I, well, I, I'm five years older than you, but I feel like I'm behind, bro. <laughs> dude, you're not behind. You don't, you don't want this lifestyle, dude. You, you got that, you know, you want that vacation lifestyle and work or, you know, I got to go to the office and deal with a bunch of knuckleheads every day. So, you know. So, Hey Ryan. Well, okay. Dude, when I first, for those of you who don't know him, when I first got into real estate, I got into the whole fix and flip. I did that for four years. I almost lost everything because dude, the hardest thing with the whole fix, fix and flip is dealing with contractor. Here's my question to you, Ryan. How many hours, bro? How many hours are you are you putting into your uh, your uh, your fix and flip? Uh, me personally, yeah, not too much anymore. Um, you know, the contractors are the headache. Obviously, like you said, I think that is always going to be a headache, um, no matter what. And I've tried different ways, and we have different processes to be able to handle it. And you know, we do it. We're successful at it, but by no means is it easy. And I tell my students that all the time. Um, but I would say me personally, my role in the company, like in a fix and flip company, there's many departments. It's way different than wholesale. You know, you have the acquisitions department, which wholesalers really mainly do. You know, how do I get more deals? Then you have the construction department. Okay, how do I get this freaking deal fixed up? And in between that, there's the financing department. How do I actually buy the deal? So now I've got the deal and I've got to fix it up. Okay, I own 40 properties. You know, it's like I've got 15 that are under construction right now. They haven't hit the market. So I've got project managers who go to those projects every week. They're checking on them. They're making sure that they're getting things done. You know, they're in charge of paying the contractors. They're in charge of getting the bids. They're in charge of, you know, hiring and all that stuff. Um, but then we also have the other 25 that are on the market or in escrow. And so those still need to be checked on every week too. You know, you got to make sure that they're not vandalized that the realtors are locking the doors, that, you know, the utilities aren't on, you know, all that stuff. And so my project managers have to also go check those weekly. And then, you know, you have repair requests and all these things that, you know, the buyers ask you for when you go to sell it. And so, you know, you're always having to manage each project in no matter what phase it's currently in. And, um, you know, you, you can't make money unless you can actually get it to the finish line and sold. And so a big bottleneck for us has been, you know, at one point, like we would have these projects fixed, but then we'd have this big delay um, on repair requests. Cause no matter how nice you fix up a house, buyers always want repairs. You know, there's just always something, especially with older homes that, you know, we typically fix and flip and, you know, they won't close until those things get fixed and you can't get paid until you close it. And so, um, you know, that's a big thing, but then there's also just getting it to the market. That's very difficult. So construction by no means is easy at, at no point, even when it's complete, there's still issues. So, um, you know, luckily I don't handle any of that. I literally don't do anything with construction. I hate that part of the business. Um, 
So my project managers, they're fully responsible for seeing that property through. Um, you know, even before this, I didn't really handle acquisitions anymore either. You know, my, my acquisitions team, they're talking to sellers, you know, my, um, they're the wholesalers who send us deals and everything. That would be kind of what I would do. I would just look up deals that wholesalers send me, you know, say yes or no. That was kind of essentially my role saying yes or no to deals. Um, you know, when we go to sell them, my listing agent, he handles all the stuff with selling it. I don't have to negotiate. I don't have to, you know, do any of the crap that goes with selling it. He does it all. So before, um, two months ago, I was just kind of at the top saying yes or no to deals. And then just kind of like making sure that things were moving. You know, if we're not getting projects done, I'm like, hey guys, what's going on here? Why are we not getting it done? But I kind of transitioned out of that because, you know, number one, I didn't enjoy just being a manager. I mean, being a manager is kind of boring and lame. And, you know, it's not the best use of my skills because I can hire someone to go manage my company. That's not hard. It's not hard to go make sure that, you know, projects are getting done and that, you know, we're hitting our numbers and all that stuff. I can hire someone to do that. What I can't hire is somebody to go out and negotiate the best possible deals. And that's what I'm really good at. I'm a good negotiator. I'm a good sales guy. And if we go on a seller appointment, you better believe that I'm probably going to close them. And I'm probably going to get a better deal than someone else I would hire, right? And so I looked at it and I said, well, you know, in January, we weren't getting a lot of deals. And I said, let's blow it up. Let's try it where I go on appointments. Let's see how good I do. And so I started going on appointments and I locked up, I think it was like $250,000 in potential profit in my first month. Like that was just deals we were going to buy to fix and flip, deals that we're going to wholesale, you know, whatever the case may be. And I was like, dude, I can't go make $250,000 like being a man, like I can go hire somebody to be a manager, you know, but I, I cannot find somebody who's as good as me to go on appointments. So, you know, now I go on appointments and I like it because I know it makes a lot of money and it's also fun. I like negotiating with sellers and doing deals um, way more than I like managing. Um, unfortunately, right now I can't really go on appointments too much. You know, people don't want people coming in their homes and so, you know, we're not doing as good anymore because we're not able to, you know, get me in those homes. Um, but we're still locking up deals over the phone. I still do go on appointments occasionally with my mask and my uh, gloves and all that. But yeah, man, that's kind of what my day looks like now. I go on appointments and I create content. That's pretty much all I do. I love it, man. So you guys, the reason why I bring this up and ask Ryan this questions because for those, of, <clears throat> for those of you who want to go into the whole fix and flip game, and if you follow me, you know, right? I'm not putting my limitation on you. I, just, I haven't seen any flippers that does it on a, a, a volume like Ryan that have things systematized. So if you want to get into the whole fix and flip game, dude, Ryan, Ryan might be the guy that you want to hit up and uh, you want to reach out to. All right. For those of you who want to get into the whole fix and flip game, man. So right now, let's talk about, man. Let's talk about the whole with the uh, with the market right now, bro. With, with, with what are we seeing with the market on the fix and flip side? No. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The thing is right now with everyone saying, hey, with the market being what it is, is, is people still buying? Yeah, that's the hard part. Many people are not buying right now, um, especially fix and flippers. And so I think it's going to be tough for for wholesalers to 
sell their deals. Um, and I don't know how, you know, I'd be curious to hear you on, you know, how it has been selling your deals. Um, but I know that many of the wholesalers that I used to buy from, um, are not really even marketing much anymore because they can't make enough money on their, their wholesale fee to justify the marketing. Um, and I just know that I'm offering way less than I was before. Obviously I'm still buying, but you know, I'm, I'm offering 10% less than I would have offered a month ago, two months ago. And it's tough to, you know, get those kind of spreads that you're looking for because all these sellers aren't like, you know, just giving their homes away right now. You know, they're still thinking, Hey, this is going to blow over, you know, well, I'm not selling my home that cheap. So we're in a weird period right now. Um, where things are kind of difficult to get deals for everyone. But, you know, I know that the deals I'm buying are way better deals than I've had um, the last two months because I literally have no competition. You know, other flippers aren't buying, other wholesalers aren't marketing as much. So when we do talk to a seller, there's not like all these offers anymore. You know, the iBuyers are gone. So, you know, the deals we do get are much better. Now, when I go to sell them, who knows if they're going to even be good deals when I got to sell them because, you know, three, four months down the road from here, things could be way worse and I might be holding a bunch of bad deals, but things could remain the same and I got a bunch of killer deals and now I'm going to, you know, make a lot. Ryan, I mean, dude, I, I, I appreciate the transparency and the honesty, bro. Like, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that, dude. So now a lot of you are in where you are concerned. Hey, maybe we can get to see Ryan's kid. Yeah, Ryan. we're going to see him. He just walked up to me. There he is. Ah. So, uh, so what's his name, bro? JP, James J Paul. JP. I like that, bro. Yeah. So yeah. now, Ryan, I mean, obviously you guys, you, you guys, listen, man. I, I think that right now there's pros and there's cons. Yes, you know, just what Ryan said, there are buyers that are, are afraid to buy. That uh, They're going to wait out, right? I mean, on our end, man, on our end, dude, I mean, I, yes, we have decreased our marketing. So we used to spend about 30 to 40 per month, right? 30, 40 Gs a month on marketing. Dude, we have decreased that to like, I think we're right about like 12 or 15K now because we start hitting up where we, we, we used to not uh, reach out to realtors. We used to stop the whole like making offer on the MLS. We starting to do that now. We starting to do a lot more cold calling, hitting for sell right. on Craigslist, right? Trying try, try to hit all the freeway as possible because I, we see that there's opportunities in there. And then we go back and we do a lot of follow-ups. We do a lot of follow-up on our old leads, right? Because sellers, right. Now, you're right, seller now are also in that period. Some seller will wait, but there are seller, you know, there, there's always two things, right? There are sellers that will wait wait it out they're selling that say hey this might get worse boom so they're ready to sell it at a discount even taking or wait and they might possibly take even um a bigger loss so yeah Ryan, uh, I mean, definitely now let me ask you bro so for those that are are like wanting to jump in i know people ask me Kong, should i just wait or should i just jump in at this time dude i mean it's never a bad time to jump in i mean i know so many people this is a question I get and you get it. Like you just said, is like, should I buy a house right now with everything going on? I'm like, dude, anything's a good deal. Like as long as the numbers are good, like it doesn't matter if, you know, prices are going down or if prices are going up. Like if you had a house that is worth 200,000 and someone wanted to sell you it for $70,000, like, are you really concerned if prices are going down? No. Like, so 
I think there's never too late of a time to get, I mean, I mean, never like a perfect time, like get started today. You know, the other part of that too is, you know, even if I'm talking in the scenario of a flipper, right? We have to bear the risk when we go to sell it. But you know, that same scenario, if you're a wholesaler and somebody wants to sell you something for 70 grand, you know, you can go sell it for a hundred grand. Why would you not get started? Like people are out there willing to do that at any time, good or bad. I agree 100%, man. All right, dude. So the thing is, man, um, I think uh, we are going to wrap this up. If you guys have any questions, just comment below. And um, Ryan and I will be more than happy to answer. But it seems like Ryan got to hop on and do his thing, man. So, Ryan, how do people yeah. connect with you, bro? Yeah, so um, I'm just starting the YouTube channel and really trying to build that. So you guys just search my name, Ryan Pineda. You will find my YouTube channel. Um, other than that, you can follow me on any social media platform, um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at all star investor and, um, YouTube channel probably has that link too. So yeah, that's the best way to find me. I'm awesome, definitely, man. um, send you guys a response or DM or, you know, we're pretty responsive. So the thing you guys, I'll put all that, a link to Ryan right below in the descriptions. If you guys got any deals in Las Vegas, right? Right, Ryan? Las any Vegas or Tucson. Vegas, you yep. would love to take a look at it and buy it, right? That's right. I'll buy anything. The numbers make sense. There you go, man. I mean, you guys are looking for buying in Las Vegas? There you go. If you guys want to connect with Ryan, reach out. Dude, I, I know Ryan is a go-giver, man. So um, hit him up, and I'll make sure all the link is right below. Any questions, comment below. Ryan and I will be more than happy to answer it. Once again, Ryan, I want to say thank you so much for your time, bro. And JP, you're the bomb. We'll see you guys. Uh, yep, take care, man. All right.